We said Dennis is going to be speaking on steps six and seven, and those are, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character and humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. So Dennis, we want to know what you have to say on that. I'm Dennis and I'm an alcoholic. Before I start, if you want to join me in the serenity prayer, I'm going to say it so that God speaks through me. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I'm going to speak tonight about steps six and seven and how they affected me and how I got there. And somehow I got here. I'm here because I'm not all there. Uh, the steps are in order for a reason. <clears throat> if you've gotten to step six, that means you've already swallowed a lot of truths about yourself in this program. And that's what happened to me. I had already gone through the first five steps and uh, like everybody the hardest step for me was step four once I got past that and got into step five uh, I noted that uh, the steps were actually trying to get me to leave the old thinking behind and learn a new way of thinking and the new way of thinking, of course, was not being self-centered, but being God-centered for me. And there's all kinds of cliches and stuff that say letting go, letting God, and we all know them if we've been here a while. And uh, I did brush up a little bit. I didn't the first five steps, but I kind of started doing a little bit of research on these because we're getting right down into the where the rubber meets the road here. Uh, when Butch took me through the steps, we did them very quickly. There wasn't a whole lot of length in between, and uh, there wasn't... Uh, a lot of hoopla about it. We just did them. Even though I was ready to admit that I was in on the Brinks car robbery. I mean, I would have admitted to anything just to, yeah. You know. uh, so we went through four and five and we come to six and it says somewhere in all of these readings that Bill had a way of saying the same thing four or five different ways. And that's what happened here. On uh, four step moral inventory, fifth step uh, moral inventory, six step defects of character, seven step shortcomings. Basically, all of these leading to the fact 
of leaving our old thinking behind and uh, <clears throat> while I was doing all this I, my mind was kind of shot full of holes but I did it anyway because that's what I'm supposed to do and uh, <clears throat> the uh, excitement of my former life kind of got in the way of what I was trying to do because every day was a holiday when I was out there you know we played five six and seven nights a week four to five hours a night and by the end of the night I was you know hey I've got this you know <laughs> me and my brother wanted to talk business you know and then everybody would clear out of the bar. But uh, when I got here, I just, it's, I'm not as, uh, uh, how can I say it? I don't feel as light tonight as I did the first three times where I was, you know, cracking jokes. Because right now we're getting into the real nitty gritty here with steps six and seven there, this ain't playing around if you're new here uh, find somebody to take you all the way through them and uh, steps like four, five, six, seven and eight are kind of the they're kind of introspective where you're going inside here and and uh, after the third step where you you made a decision what you made a decision to do is to continue on with the steps and uh, again I didn't know what I was doing but I you know, there was a term fake it till you make it and that's what I was doing I was, I was just faking it even though I had had growing up uh, a concept of God given to me and they taught me right from wrong basically the same thing I had to relearn in here because I could rationalize anything when I was out there uh, and I there was there was times when even uh, like toward the end of my drinking it was a lot of strange things started to happen to me it was so strange I, you know everything in my life started to become like out of time and out of sequence and I was afraid to leave my apartment literally because I was afraid someone would spill a can of paint from the roof on my head and so that was going on while I'm calling my brother on the phone and uh, drunk and I said well you might be sober but you're still an asshole <laughs> And he listened for an hour and he says, I got to hang up now. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so when it all came down, he's the one I went to. Found him on his mail route. Saw him in here last night again. God bless him. I hope he keeps coming back. Saved my life. Uh, they called it Casey versus Casey for a reason. 
I ran into Doug Ryan the other day and he says, yeah, you used to guys used to go outside and fight all the time and then you'd go in and play. That's really not true. But that, that was the legend. But we did fight a few times. And uh, not mentioning any names, but someone broke us up one time and picked me up and threw me on the bed and pushed him out the door and said, you're like a couple of little kids. The funniest thing about that was it was a girl. <laughs> and I, I was detoxed basically in the club. There was probably 500 years of sobriety in there at the time. These people knew how to handle me. But I didn't get the I don't know if it's a, an asset or a liability not going to a detox because I didn't get all the information that detoxes give you but I was around people who lived and breathed this program 24-7 and uh, I got, they all had nicknames not all of them but you know Six Pack Charlie and uh, and uh, I don't remember all the rest of them, but there was a bunch of them. And one of the things that, uh, there was a guy named Merle Grotto. Oh no, I broke his hand in a minute. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Who always talked about the myth of perfection. And I came in here with that, despite the fact that I was like, bobbing and weaving all over the freaking place. I still had that thought in my mind. Like, you know, don't these people know I'm somebody? No, I wasn't anybody. But I didn't know that at the time. But I've learned over the years that I'm just another ass taking a seat in here. I ain't no better or worse than anybody else here. We're all here for the same reason. And the biggest thing that had to be smashed in me was my ego because I was a self-centered person. My perception of what an ego was was flawed because you know, I considered my brother a very egotistical person <laughs> but when I got in here and they started explaining some of this stuff to me I was trying to run from my own power and that, that did not work that's what got me here and as I said at the beginning self-will run riot was me I was the uh, director you know and if everybody would just listen to me life would be good and you know we'd all live happily ever after but Jan will attest to the fact when I came here I was a raging angry man and I would bring up anger at every meeting I went to. And they're like, oh my God, here he comes again. Well, geez, give me a break. So over the years, from working these steps, six and seven is kind of in the middle of where I became God-centered letting go of the past 
letting go of all of the garbage and the the uh, it's it was I could have done a lead I swear to God on one day of my life sometimes it was that wild it says somewhere in there that uh, when it comes to matters of sex most of us needed a complete overhaul that was me it was way too readily available and I'm not going to say any more about that except that I was tripping over bodies at the end of every night almost if I wanted to be and uh, that's all I got to say about that uh, as far as this program goes I remember standing in a parking lot with a woman after the noon meeting and we're just going at it you know and she says it's better than sex she says I'm like oh okay. whatever that meant I don't know but <laughs> so when Kevin called me Kevin has a way of not taking no for an answer <laughs> I mean I just well I don't know you know well I come to find out that a lot of people told you that when I come in here oh man I don't know if I can do that you know I can tell you right now when I open my mouth I never know what's coming out of there next this can be a good thing and this can be a bad thing but at least I have a focal point where it's steps six and seven shortcomings I've already mentioned my ego and my anger there's many other ones the seven deadly sins I can't rattle them off like probably some people could in here but this is specifically what we're trying to do and one of the things my total desperation when I got here someone told me that God fixes broken things and I came under that category I was completely broken spiritually mentally and physically and AA God speaking through you people and me going to a lot of meetings and coming here for a lot of years put all that back together again just like Humpty Dumpty I can backslide if you will at the drop of a hat you know I can get mad I can this I can that but none of this stuff sticks with me now it doesn't stay with me I've proven that I can be a uh, good husband and father and uh, when I worked uh, a good worker showed up on time every day as long as I was sober I know that uh, the years have went by and we've lost a lot of people and we lost some more here in the last week some real heavyweights and uh, I'm gonna miss them both the ones that I know and there was another 
man named Pat that used to go to the club that I used to see every day. And then one day, I didn't see him no more. He just passed away. But they all passed away sober. And uh, one day at a time, I pray that I do that myself. As I said earlier in my, uh, in my talks, I was raised Catholic, went to church six days a week, got out of the eighth grade and said, that's enough of that. And uh, I was told I could get a sponsorship to prep, and I'm like, they held me hostage for eight years, they didn't get me no more. <laughs> so I just wandered off. But you know, they planted the seed in me so that the spiritual life isn't uh, somewhere out there long ago and far away. It's right up front and personal. And uh, we live the spiritual life today, myself and Janet. And uh, <clears throat> God sent her to me because I needed someone who was calm because I'm a little hyper. <laughs> and I ain't even on a roll, you know. When I get on a roll, it's like, it gets, oh, man. And uh, that's why I picked Butch for a sponsor. He couldn't interrupt me, you know. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure most of the people in here have been through steps six and seven. And we all have our own story to tell. <clears throat> the only story I can tell you is mine. And the reason why I have a lot of things that come across, I guess, funny, are because I have joy in my life today. And that's something that was missing big time. Not at first. When I first started drinking, uh, I was playing music and I was enjoying the music. I mean, anybody who plays music for a living, let me tell you, you don't need to drink anything to be high. I mean, the music itself, the connection to the audience, and the people you meet along the way who are not like us, it, it's just off the charts. In the, but I didn't understand the concept of gratitude at that time. The things that go, went wrong in my life, I blamed them on everybody else. And I think the booze just enhances that. And then you build, uh, you pole vault over mouse turds, you know? And you. And it, my thinking, I was told by people, you know, Dennis, you overreact to everything. You know, you got to like learn to settle down. I said, well, give me another one. <laughs> but uh, I'd get wound up on music just talking about it. <laughs> and sometimes these guys go, finally, they go, I give up, I give up. But music, the first 25 years in here, got me a recording studio and I buried myself in there a lot 
and it gave me the concept of living in the present tense which is basically what AA is telling me to do don't live in yesterday and tomorrow live in today we have all kinds of cliches that speak about this and once my skepticism over this whole thing was gone and I could see the absolute reality of the spiritual life which is absolutely amazing to me because if someone would try and explain to me how people get 35 and 40 and 50 years sober coming in here listen to idiots like me you know I, but there's something going on just underneath our smiles and we are dead serious about this this ain't nothing to play with we all earned our way in here you know, I don't have to be an orator to come up here and speak on these two steps. I've lived those two steps. The shortcomings and the... Uh, uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> when I first got here, I'm like, what are these things anyway? You know, what is this? You know... Uh, Entirely ready, I've got to remove these defects of character. Huh. I don't have any. The hell, you know, who the hell do they think they're talking to here? You know, that in between being depressed, irritable, my mind like because ah, it's full of the shit from which I came from. And, I, and in between that and what I'm trying to learn here or I don't think I was really trying to learn anything when I got here I had nowhere to go I had exhausted all means of having any kind of a uh, social anything going on and uh, Bob pointed that out to me of course you know he said your phone ain't ringing off the hook why don't you try the club our butchers down there he said Gene A he was my grand sponsor and when he would talk to me he would grab my arm so I couldn't get away <laughs> and, he would, and he would tell me stories about when he was a little boy in Sweden and you know he'd take me out on his one man sailboat with the 6,000 pound keel and uh it was wild. It was wild. And uh, some of the characters I met early on, there was a young man named James, and I swear, he was as happier in a pig and shit. And he would get up every day, and he would say something that had absolutely nothing to do with the topic, ever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, somehow I wanted what this guy had, you know? Because he just didn't give a shit. And of course he had this southern accent to go with it, you know, so he was a pretty cool guy. I don't even know whatever became him. He probably moved back to the south somewhere. But uh, the, just recently, in fact since, since Kevin recruited me, I have branched out a little bit in my uh, AA. I'm going to more meetings. Uh, 
I have a running partner here, the guy sponsored Dennis, my pigeon. <laughs> Boy, they hate it when you call him a pigeon. I said, what's that mean? They shit all over the place. No, 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 you're a carrier pigeon. Oh, okay. All right, okay. All right. So I'm not just going by people's windshields and, you know, yeah, saying good morning. They always seem to find my car, by the way. I don't get that one either. But uh, having someone to run with in this program is big for me because it keeps me focused on what I'm supposed to be focused on. And uh, w another thing that, that really made a huge difference in my life is praying, which uh, due to a series of events way back in the 90s, not only did I say the AA prayers, I also rekindled some of the prayers in my childhood which I use and uh, I'm a praying man today and we're a praying family today and uh, this has made a huge difference in the way I think you know I know there's a God and I'm not him that's the first thing that I had to know you know a guy told me the other day he says well I don't know what to pray to I don't believe in God I said hey you know group of drunks get the desperation fake it till you make it is there something greater than you on this planet gee I don't think you got to go very far to see that but for myself God has become a bigger factor in my life the reason I wake up with a smile today and plan my day up until 10 o'clock. Oh, that's when I get up. <laughs> I still got musicians hours. Of course, I used to sleep till 2 in the afternoon, so. But, uh, you know, and I also have, you're going to laugh, but I probably know two to three thousand songs and all the good lyrics, they go through my head all the time. And that helps. And uh, the fact that I bring my wife, because Kevin said that, you know, you can bring anyone you want. So I said, okay. So, and uh, she's doing good. You know, she's, she, she gets ready early, you know, and we get here. We're doing well. But, uh, it's been an education for her. Because she is a... a product of the change in me has also created a change in her to where we both live the spiritual life and that's what this is about and uh, I know I bear repeating myself but that's what Bill did here with the steps you know he said it four different ways he said the same exact thing I only know that because they explained that to me somebody explained it to me in YouTube you know, that, that's how he said it. He, he did, because a good speaker doesn't say it the same way every single time. So, basically, whatever all that means, I don't know. But any, anyway, uh, well, but uh, 609, boy, I'm doing pretty good here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I want to speak for a couple of more minutes, and then uh, then I'll give you a break. But uh, the uh, not looking in the future, and, and another thing when Butch passed away, and Chuck became my sponsor, things were not going well in my life. And he said, Casey, he said, just keep going. He said, just walk through the whole thing. He said, when you come out the other side, it's all going to be fine. And he was right. But when he told me that, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, because you, when you're up against it, it's hard to see where everything's going to be okay. But he was right. I don't know what he saw that I did. But... Uh, uh, another thing, if you're if you're new in the program, make sure you get a sponsor and uh, use them. And if you get phone numbers, use them. Call. Them. You know, if this guy ain't home, call the next one. If that guy's busy, call the next one. That's what they give you them pamphlets for. So anyway, as you can see, I've sort of exhausted all means of step six and seven as it pertains to me but uh, I do live them I guess that's a point I'm trying to get across here because again this ain't fun and games this is life and death right here and uh, the minute you walk out the door saying I got this you're in deep trouble I'll tell you right now because nobody gets this we just show up here and for some crazy reason that only God knows it works like a charm. And uh, with that, I'm going to open the floor for questions. Thanks, Dennis. So who'd like to get us started off with a question? Thanks for being here, Dennis. Um, I'm Erin, I'm an alcoholic. Um, just a, two questions um, regarding the steps. Um, the first one, you said that you and Butch went through them quickly. Yeah. So I wondered what the time frame was on that, and then I wondered if you did them again with Chuck after Butch passed. Say that again, the did last you, part. Did you do the steps with Chuck after Butch passed again? No, not, not uh, I didn't do them uh, specifically we've sat down and sort of kind of uh, reviewed where we needed to spend some time in his house and uh, sort of went through but uh, Chuck and I were already friends which we had become just from going to meetings together and we both went to the noon meetings every day and uh, I didn't really have to call him a lot because uh, he was sitting next to me in a meeting every day. And uh, basically, he, uh, he sort of overseed where I was at. He sort of picked me up where I was at, and he kind of overseed. And even today, he does the same thing. If it, if it gets bad, I call him. I spent a lot of time with him when at first, and uh, 
you know, even though we didn't technically go through the steps, we went through the steps. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But uh, he definitely was there for me big time. And, uh, you know, every time you walk into a meeting, you're working the steps, even when you don't know it. So, chew on that one for a while. <laughs> and, uh, the, the, oh, go ahead. Hi, Dennis. I'm sorry I missed your first couple of weeks, but you know I had to suffer down in the Caribbean. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it a tough rough. job, but somebody's got to yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I remember many years ago um, <coughs> when I talked to my sponsor about what are character defects, what are shortcomings, and he would say, "Just look around the room and look at the people and how they're acting and what they're doing, and you'll know what they are." And later on, as you stay sober longer and longer and longer uh, they get quicker and quicker to pick up <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. and they're gone supposedly but they come back in disguised form sometimes so you have to be vigilant you know you would know you golf yeah you know <laughs> anger <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, what I wanted you to speak on is, do you notice that in other people easier now, the, the character defects? Actually, that's a good question. No, I don't. Because I don't look for it in other people. I, I mean, everybody sees a different place on what, where we are at in this journey. And... I don't know if it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but I try and stick to taking my own inventory. So I know that we're in various stages when we get here, like a, a newcomer isn't gonna be the same as someone five years down, 10 years down the road. Uh, but it, different people, it affects in different ways. There's some people quickly, some people slowly. And I was one of them slowly people. But now that I'm here, I, I don't look for that. Maybe I should have, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was a good point uh, as far as being a reminder. Now when you get out to the golf course, it's really easy to see how these character defects come out. And one of the places that I had to work on my anger, of course, was golf because I am, like most of us in here, a perfectionist. And, and Merle Grotto used to like to remind us of that every day about the myth of perfection, which I brought up earlier. But if anybody comes up to me and wants to talk about any of it, I'm always available for that. And I get surprised sometimes. So I'll just sit down with somebody and, and uh, basically one-on-one -on -one is more comfortable for me than a group setting, even though I'm used to being around people. So it doesn't bother me to stand up here. I could stand up here and talk for hours, but then I'd it'd turn to bullshit real quick. <laughs> I know it already has. Oh, no. <laughs> but... Thanks for the question, Jim.
Hi, Dennis. Page alcoholic. So you mentioned that one of your major character defects when you came in was anger. What was? How did you deal with that? How did? What steps did you take? What did you do to help get rid of that anger? I went to a lot of meetings, and Butch used to say things to me like, "Tell God you love Him." Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, tell God you love him. So, okay, so I started to tell God I loved him. Then I got away from Bob, which, you know, triggers all over the place, brothers. And uh, I tried to reshape my life to the point where things that pissed me off, I would steer clear of to the best of my ability. So I try to like get into safe zones like meetings, like the club, like having a few friends in AA, which I don't make friends real easy. Uh, it took me years to make the ones that I have because I'll go sit in a corner someplace and just sit there. And uh, it, it was a process big time. I mean it took years. And then I I get angry but I don't like it. Jen will attest to how angry I used to be. I mean it was like it was like she would say to me, you know, I'm on your side. Yeah. You know, because I'd take it out on her. And uh, this was she was out there when I was, you know, ready to hit the wall and uh, it was getting ugly and uh, you know I would get so frustrated and uh, she was the only one sitting there so away we go but uh, yeah it, it was a slow process and she's a big help because if we have a disagreement she never brings up the past ever I leave, go to the club, I come back, it's like it never happened. So I find that a really amazing quality because if I had to like regurgitate my past every time there was a disagreement, then life would not be fun at all. That's it for Who else has a question? this question for you Dennis thank you for coming out what would you say now that you self will run riot it's Terry Alcoholic on a scale for your self uh, will run riot like one to ten well where do you think you'd fall <laughs> well certain situations <laughs> I brought this up last week and probably the week before I ride around the peninsula and I talk to God so last week I'm riding around the peninsula talking to God. There's this truck stopped in the middle of the road. So I go to pass the truck and he starts up and he cuts me off. So from 15 seconds it's zero to ballistic. Depending on the situation. <laughs> you know, 
if you catch me off guard that could come out but it also went away quick whereas before you know I'd have still been calling him every name in the book driving out of the freaking peninsula and pulling up next to him and whatever it is we did in those days but I don't do that stuff anymore but uh, yes I can get mad and yes if I think someone's trying to uh, uh, run my bullshit meter off the edge I may say something and I may just walk away you know I might get in my car and you know I may explode in my car but I don't explode to them I, because it's not my place you know they don't who knows where they've been the rest of their day and, and what happened to them and you come to find out that things are not always what they appear to be and that's straight from Gene told me that he said things are not always the way they seem to be Casey you need to take another look at things sometimes so that's my thoughts on that anybody else one more Dennis uh, just say like if you were talking about um, I'm gonna think, I just had this question what would you and now it's in the big book what would you think of this statement a lot of us have a hard time making a true partnership with another human being and what is your take on that oh boy yeah <laughs> until I married Jen that was me and uh, the reason was is because she was the only one left standing <laughs> that and I love her dearly just dearly but th there's definitely a wrench for every nut but <laughs> but, but oh my god being a musician I, I mean I can't even uh, I can't even go there I mean it's like commitment whoa wait a minute no 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 uh, say honey I'll go to breakfast with you but if you come with me up in that room we're going to do something you know, that kind of stuff and that was me and it, it, for some reason I could justify that kind of behavior maybe because I just lived that way even my sons say to me you know that was your lifestyle it's no longer that way the amends I made with my kids I just stopped doing it I came in here and I sobered up and I stopped doing the things that, that uh, made me not a good father and a, and a good person for a partnership that uh, so that's all changed due to the process of coming to these meetings and listening to you people go ahead okay hi thank first of all thanks for sharing your experience um, I'm Leslie alcoholic so Leslie. thank you so much again uh, what, I, what was running through my head listening to you speak pretty much tonight was you know whenever I drank I had it was real easy for me to just lie to myself about what was wrong with me personality wise and stuff uh -huh. and I was wondering you know is part as you stayed sober did some of these wrong things or defective things start to bother you and wear away at you till you had to felt you had to do something about it yes 
I, I wouldn't marry Jan until I knew that I wouldn't cheat on her. Because I'd have been wasting her time and mine. So basically I had to grow up that day 27 years ago. And uh, everything before that I had to leave behind. Because even though I had eight years sober when I married her, I still was wrestling with some of this stuff. Because it would pop in there. Like, oh, wait a minute, we got to deal with that, you know. And in working on my prayer life, I, I mean, we just figured a lot of this stuff out in the last three or four years. And uh, but I, the the best thing that happened to me was learning to pray every single day. When I got up, when I went to bed. And then we incorporated it. Jan and I pray in the morning and, and when I, we go to bed at night. And uh, <clears throat> when I first came here, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to pray. <laughs> you know, uh, I was still playing out, you know, and uh, okay. <laughs> but I didn't jump in with both feet. You don't pray. That's what them people do in churches and stuff, you know. But and when I was playing in the bars, it's like, hey, you go to your church, I'll go to mine, you know. I'd make light of that kind of stuff. Well, it ain't funny, and it amazes me the change that it's made in my life. Is like that's night and day. So I work the program and I pray and uh, yes, that stuff bothered me for a good eight years. And again, I wouldn't marry Jan until that was done in my head. Because I had proposed, I'd get drunk and propose to her. <laughs> Wake up the next day and go, hey, you know, I was just kidding. <laughs> so so when, when we finally did, she says, are you sure? I said, I, it's different this time. I said, it's different this time. You know, she put me up and let me move in with her before we were married for a while. And she said, you know, you can't, like, be with other women. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> the hell kind of friend are you anyway? <laughs> bad. That was bad, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was all in the past. It's all gone. I live one day at a time today and my expectations are low. I don't care if I ever get my name in the newspaper again. Since we had it in there every single day for three years, this big frickin' ad with me and Bob and the caricatures and the whole nine yards. And I was frickin' miserable. Anyway, any other questions? Yes. Greg, alcoholic. Dennis, uh, you know when you spoke up there about being up against it, up against the wall. What do you do when you're up against the wall today in your faith or in your prayer life? I mean, what when you've tripped over the dam, you know, that mouse turd or whatever, like you said earlier, but when you know you're up against it, what, what are those actions that you take today? I go right to a meeting. Because if I go to a meeting, I don't care what the topic is, it will cover whatever's, whatever you just said 
to whoever. When they say your ass falls off, take it to a meeting. That's just exactly what they mean. Because just in Erie, you know, I, I have not traveled the country or the world, but this is a great, great, great county for meetings. They are all over the place. And uh, you just pick your ass up and take it to a meeting. That's what I do. And uh, the, the miracle for me is I love these meetings now. When I first came here, I hated them. And because I could not comprehend that it was actually helping me. Because my ego was, again, I was running the show, didn't even know it. You know, I'm doing it my way while well, it's not working. And even Butch, I see him talking to the ex-cop one day. We were coming out of the meeting. He's going, yak, 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 yak. I wonder who he was talking about. <laughs> he was talking about me. Because <laughs> I just wore the guy out saying absolutely nothing. <laughs> So today, that's what I do. I go to a meeting and I'll tell you, I highly recommend it. Don't be ashamed to go to three, four a day. It doesn't matter. I'm up to 12 a week. Five, oh boy. <laughs> How's your new hands? Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, is there any other questions? It was a good question, Greg. That was a, that was a really good question. I think that's it. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you.